Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. today's episode I speak to comic book writer and imaginative individual Frank Martin about what comics he would take into the apocalypse. But before we get into it I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor Comic Scene who have recently launched an indie comics hub on their website comicscene.org. It includes titles such as Brawler from Time Bomb Comics and my very own Project Hoax from Signal Comics. You can also pre-order John Wagner's Rock the God the 77 and Comic Scene's State of Independence Yearbook 2020. You can check all that out amongst other fun sequential art stuff at comicscene.org. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Frank Martin. How's it going? Hey, what's up? Yeah, all good in the hood, man. Um, just uh, holding holding on on, uh, on lockdown. Uh, how about you? <sighs> Doing the same. I think everybody's got the the same answer to that question. I'm just trying to manage, trying to survive, trying to make the best of it. Yeah, man. Trying to spin all those plates and keep them going and balancing work and family and, and things like that. It's, it's tough going, but uh, we'll, we'll all get there together. Yeah, I kind of I tell my wife whenever she brings it up, I say, this isn't a family crisis. This is a global crisis. Every single person is dealing with the same thing. So take some solace in that, whatever you can. A hundred percent, man. Um, that's, that's all you got to think about. And uh, yeah, for, talking of uh, things kind of from, from across the pond, I've been watching uh, John Krasinski's Some Good News. Have you been watching yeah, that I- one? I saw that. I saw clips of it on the on the news. The the news of his some good news. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, no, it's nice though. Uh, it's great that he he's the type of guy that would do that sort of thing. It's it's a bit of fun, mm-hmm. for sure, man. Um, well, um, now having said all that, um, I really really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Um, and uh, for those that haven't come across you just yet, uh, what do you do in the world of comics? So I'm a, a, a writer and creator. I kind of dabble in, in all sorts of different stuff, sci-fi, horror, fantasy. Uh, right now I'm kind of focusing on, on urban fantasy as I expand my, my original anthology series, Modern Testament, trying to do uh, other crossovers with other indie creators. Nice, man. Um, and I believe that you've got a Kickstarter going on at the moment. I do for one of those crossovers. So um, my book, Modern Testament, is an anthology series. It just kind of has short stories that focus on different biblical beings, you know, like angels, demons, kind of Lucifer, Constantine-ish stuff. And I'm doing a crossover with a book called Reclaiming Godhood by Braden Cox, which kind of focuses on uh, Roman mythology. His main character the series is jupiter so we're mashing up those two ideas modern testament and reclaiming godhood to make modern godhood which is essentially a book of three short stories that has his character jupiter tackling uh different biblical beings in as, as foes to to his hero awesome man um and if people search for that um on on kickstarter that'll just come up with it yeah the, it's, it's called modern godhood you'll find it on kickstarter uh, I'm, it's also poured all over all my social media links. You could find me on Twitter, Instagram, and and Facebook. Uh, my handle is at Frank the Writer. 
Perfect. Uh, and all of those links are in the show notes, so folks can go click through that and, and check out the Kickstarter and Frank's Twitter page and, and whatnot whilst we're speaking. Uh, now, uh, all of that aside, uh, I do have some bad news for you on top of the current situation that we've got <laughs> as well, um, and that is that a nuclear bomb has hit the United States. Oh, um, wonderful. And about 100 miles away from you, um, which which isn't too bad but you're still going to feel some of the fallout uh so my my question uh, for you is what is your action plan for the survival uh i don't know i'm not a doomsday prepper never given it much thought mm-hmm. li- li- listen to the smartest person i can think of on tv and do what he says and that doesn't mean listen to what the politicians tell you because they don't know what they're no. doing anyway <laughs> they're all guessing they're just There's- guessing there's definitely some uh, scientist who has answered this question a million different times, and he will have an answer for you. And uh, follow his plan. Other than that, you got to get your apocalypse outfit on, your your biker chain around your around your shoulders, your baseball bat filled with nails, and then just head out into the world, ready to, to scavenge for food. Hell's yeah, man! Uh, would you be heading south or into the mountains, or or where do you think you'd head? I think mountains would be good. I'm just uh, outside New York City, so right. we got the Catskills that are about two week, two, uh, two hours away. Mm-hmm. That seems like the the big move. Yeah, definitely. No, nobody except nobody wants to be stuck in a uh, a winter apocalypse land. So maybe maybe some sunshine would be a change of pace. Yeah, so maybe, maybe head head south toward uh, toward uh, what Florida. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a zombie apocalypse, you're going to be one where the uh, all the zombies are old and slow, so the elderly zombies would be easier to outrun. <laughs> That's a good idea, actually. Um, particularly if we, we end up in a, in a uh, 28 days later scenario where, where they're fast zombies. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, you, just, you just want seniors like to try and chase you, and it's like, oh, this is going to be easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you find awesome, a nice though. retirement community and just... Uh, Shack up, <laughs> nice man, excellent. Uh, so I tell you what, so you take you take your family to to a retirement uh, place, hoping that if it does turn into a zombie apocalypse, that, that you're going to be able to handle everybody. Um, but uh, before before this zombie apocalypse happens, on top of this nuclear apocalypse, uh, you get you get chatting to some of the seniors there about about uh, your. Uh, your comics career and uh, the first question that they ask you is what is the first comic you remember enjoying first comic I remember enjoying well as a kid I would say like a little kid maybe elementary school um what you call it primary school right that's the first correct yeah that's it so a primary school kid uh, I bought books like periodically you know at the drugstore at the bookstore not real comic shops and i enjoyed them then but the first one i really enjoy reading or the one that hooked me i would say was ultimate spider-man i got sucked into that whole marvel campaign of trying to lure new readers in by rebooting marvel uh the ultimate marvel universe there and and yeah ultimate spider-man i think it was like 14 it was it, it was the first appearance of ultimate dr octopus and I read it, and that was the first time I really read a book and said, you know what, I got to go read the next one. And then I read the next one, and then I said, ooh, another title. And I picked up that, and I had to read the next one after that. And it was just all downhill from there. The snowball effect kicked in, and I was, <laughs> I was hooked. Nice, man. And then did you pick that up from a, from a local comic book shop? or? 
I got that. I was actually in vacation in Florida, and I picked it up like I did normally. <laughs> I was yeah. at like a bookstore, like a a regular, yeah, regular big, bookstore, yeah, yeah, regular big one. It was like a Barnes and Noble or Books a Million, one of those kind of big stores, and they have the little spinning rack of six comic books that they get in every week. <laughs> and so it wasn't. It was kind of a. It just it was lightning in a bottle. It kind of struck me at the right time that I was looking to to get into books, and and that was it. Awesome. And then have you been uh, been hooked ever since? Yeah, pretty much, especially in the Ultimate Ultimate Universe. That was my first mm. foray into comics. So everything Ultimate that they put out in the beginning was really, really great. And I, I, I soaked it all up. Ultimate X-Men, the Ultimate Fantastic Four, the Ultimates, which was their version of the Avengers. So that was I really I really got to experience what comics could be like uh, with that universe. And eventually it did. It, it, uh, degraded in quality and they uh, did away with it entirely but uh those those early years of reading comics are some of my fondest nice man and then, and then have you have you always tried uh, writing your own stories or is that a recent thing i would say i've always been writing you know in, right. in when you're a kid and they give you these uh creative writing assignments in in school and when everybody has to write stories it's kind of just work, you know, you have to do it, but I always enjoyed it. And when those assignments stopped, I just kept on going. So mm-hmm. I was, uh, uh, traditionally wrote prose and fan fiction and, and short stories and stuff like that. I continue to write novels. So I write that in addition to comics. And then at some point in college, I was like, you know what? I love writing stories and I love reading comics. Why don't I just put those two together? And, and I started dabbling, writing short stories into comics and, uh, Slowly but surely, I started producing those into actual sequential pages and putting books together. Nice, man. And how did you find your first collaborator? Uh, internet, it's a wonderful thing. It's a, yeah. it's a wealth of forums and social media and Facebook groups and different ways to connect and create communities. So I don't remember the, the exact first way, but it definitely came about uh, through some sort of internet connection. Nice, man. Um, and yeah, no, it's just it's always fascinating to find out how, how all of that comes about. Uh, now, the next question that comes up in this senior home is uh, what's the funniest or the comic that made you laugh out loud the most? The funniest? Um, I don't read a whole lot of funny comics or, or I would I should say comics that are meant to be funny. Mm. You know, I, I like every once in a while you see a line in like a Marvel book with either a spider-man or a deadpool character that kind of makes you laugh but i would say as a kid i really liked reading those those mad magazines and the cracked magazines the one that were completely ridiculous and were (laughs) totally driven to be humor and those had a mix of stuff they didn't just have comics they had all sorts of like funny uh, commercial advertisements and and stuff like that so so yeah when i went into the bookstore and i i grabbed one of those comics off the spinning rack I, I those were usually one of the ones that i grabbed nice man and were there any particular strips in that that kind of stand out or i loved spy versus spy in in, in mad magazine oh yeah what's I, that the, about the, spy versus spy is the classic there's a the white spy and the black spy and they're like page long comics they're yeah. they're silent so they don't speak but you, you have one spy that's trying to get uh over on the other spy and then it's kind of like a, a Roadrunner Wiley e. Coyote situation where right. he tries to come up with some sort of plan to to 
uh, counteract his foe to defeat his foe, and the other one just kind of has the upper hand already, you know? (laughs) So very simple, very basic, no words. Uh, The entire story is depicted through the illustrations, and uh, they were just always fun. That's clever. Awesome, man. No, yeah, they, those magazines are great. We've got a couple uh, that that were over here. Uh, some of them are still going, but uh, Viz and Oink. I don't know if you've ever heard of those. You sound familiar. Yeah, you might have heard of Viz, definitely. Uh, but Oink is uh, is is a good one as well. I mean, that's that's actually uh, one where Charlie Brooker, if you know the writer of Black Mirror, um, he actually used to send strips into that and have them published in that that's magazine when cool. when he was a kid. Um, so oh. yeah, if you if you Google that, it's it's really interesting to kind of see the little strips that he used to do, and like his take on storytelling when he was like you know a young teenager. <laughs> they're very topical too, you know. They 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 turn them around very fast, so they're always dealing with current events and current pop culture and exactly. and making parodies and satires. So it's it's very cool to see how they're they're in touch on the the pulse of society when they make these things. Hundred percent, yeah, man. Uh, now, next question that comes up is: What is the saddest or most upsetting comic that you've read? The saddest or mo- most upsetting comic that I read. Uh, I was I was really touched by the the classic mouse story that kind of depicts uh, the Holocaust mm-hmm. with mice and rats and, and and yeah, it's 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 a powerful book. And it was very well done, and it's it's kind of a classic. I feel that should be on everybody's shelf, and that that should be uh, required reading for any comic fan. And it, it really shows the power of the medium and what's what it's capable of. One hundred percent. And I mean, it, sh- it should even be part of history class in a lot of ways, because um, perhaps like as as a starting point, and of course, then you kind of look into the actual history. But it could be a good way to uh, engage students. Mm-hmm. With, this, with this i don't know yeah they, i mean they have required reading all the time with of course with classics yeah. american classics and, and english yeah. classics and even classics from from ancient times you you have to read the odyssey and yeah. stuff like that they should definitely include some graphic novels in there just to kind of expand oh, yeah. kids horizons and understand that this yeah. is a a um a very per, uh, point form of literature 100 percent. um and yeah obviously mouse mouse is that um, and and for anybody that, that doesn't know, yeah, obviously it's it's about the Holocaust, basically. Um, and uh, yeah, no, it's it's really really uh, emotional and touching. And uh, yeah, quite right that it should be on a on a classics list, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, now, uh, next comic that comes up and changing uh, emotions a little bit. Uh, what's the scariest or most horrifying comic that you've read? scariest uh i don't get too scared reading comics i I don't everybody always says about novels (laughs) yeah everybody always says with novels too they said oh this was such a scary book i don't know just sitting down reading a book i never actually kind of get scared but i do love uh the atmosphere in horror comics and when i think of that the first one comes to mind was definitely the very first uh, books that alan moore put out as part of his swamp thing run he had this the great concept of rebooting Swamp Thing and really uh, doubling down on the horror aspect of him being a monster. And it's it's very uh, – the atmosphere of the story, not just the story itself, but the atmosphere is very dark and gloomy. And it really leans into the, the swamp aspect of of who he is. 
And it's and from there, once I read the first volume of that, I got to see through his entire run all the way to the end. So I read his entire Swamp Thing run, and it was based off of those early comics that were very horror like. And then was there was there any particular moment that felt like um, atmospherically it was kind of horrific? <laughs> I don't I don't remember if it was the first issue or maybe the second issue, but there was a mo- he picked up off of somebody else's run, the original Swamp Thing run. And he, um, the, the way it ends is I think Swamp Thing is burned and his body, he like dies and his body is taken to the morgue and um, the mor- the the mortician or medical examiner, coroner or whatever is kind of looking over his body mm-hmm. and Swamp Thing comes to life. You know, he's like reborn out of this husk of his old corpse and he, he comes back to life and he's kind of uh, walking through the, the morgue after just being reborn, it was just very haunting. The whole the whole sequence of how how that was depicted. That's awesome, man. And yeah, Alan Alan Moore knows how to kind of set a scene. Basically, yeah. <laughs> doesn't he? I'm having a I'm having a blast reading right now. I mean, just speaking of newer comics, I'm reading Basketful of Heads. That's a uh, part of Joe Joe Hill's new run on DC Comics. Uh, it's not scary per se, but it's it's definitely leaning into more uh comedy horror a bit like Mm. sam raimi a little bit it's definitely embracing that this is completely absurd and ridiculous i'm just having fun with an awesome story it's essentially about a viking hammer uh, not a hammer an axe that after chops off people's heads the heads continue to live and this girl is kind of caught in this crime drama and she's just collecting heads in a basket that are all talking to her and communicating with each other. It's it's ridiculous, <laughs> but it's, Sounds it, fun. it's, it's absolutely ridiculous, but it's, it's, it's fun though. It's definitely fun to read. That's awesome, man. Uh, now we come on to my favorite question and that is, uh, what is your favorite cover? My favorite cover? Um, there was a Spider-Man cover that was a part of the uh, One Moment in Time storyline, OMIT, which was, uh, this was a hated storyline, and I kind of understood it. Yeah. The, the way the storyline worked was uh, Spider-Man made a deal with Mephisto, which is basically him making a deal with the devil in order to, I guess, reboot Spider-Man comics. Mm. And, the, 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 and so it kind of just happened. One day he made the deal and then Spider-Man's entire history was changed. And then they decided, I forget how long, maybe it was a year later or a couple months later or a couple years later, they decided to redo this, not redo it, but basically show what Mephisto did in order to change his timeline. And so he, there was some, they, it was weird. Mephisto was like a fly and he unlocked a door that was supposed to be locked. It was kind of stupid. But anyway, uh, <laughs> they had a very cool sequence of comics because of uh, uh, that went with the storyline. And one of them was Spider-Man embracing Mary Jane. And in this embrace, the blue of Spider-Man's costume kind of blended into the entire cover. It's just a blue cover and Spider-Man hugging Mary Jane and, and the, there's no boundary between his costume and the, the blue of the cover, which I, it was just, it was very simple. It was, and I, and I thought it was a powerful image and I, I love comic uh, books that are like that. Oh, a hundred percent. It is. It's a very, um, as you say, kind of a, a, a simple, um, 
simple thing to do, but it's it's very effective. Um, so it certainly stands out. Six forty one, Amazing Spider Man right. number six forty one, Paolo yeah. Rivera. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and no, yeah, that that certainly stands out on a on a comic shelf anywhere. Um, you know what? And... Who's your favorite comic cover? Is one of those things where some people uh, have like a, they always pick a classic cover, uh-huh. and and this is not a classic cover in the in the slightest. In that, I never see people kind of point it out, no, but no. I. I, I really love this image. When I when it first came out, they had a uh, Marvel had a wallpaper of it, like a digital wallpaper that I oh, had cool. on my on computer screen for a while. That I, yeah, mm-hmm. I was I was a fan of it. Yeah, hundred percent. I can I can see that being a good one. But uh, no, yeah, it's it's really good for for anybody interested. Definitely go check it out. Um, it's uh, it's really good. Um, just the the way that it's set and everything, and kind of even Mary Jane's uh, I guess jeans and kind of the the um the bits on her on her jeans that hold the belt um, yeah they're, they're the same blue and so all of that kind of melts all together and uh no it's just it's a really powerful image i'm saying nice man uh now uh moving on to uh, one of the most interesting questions and that is what is the most meaningful comic to you meaningful meaningful is an interesting word because it can i mean you can interpret that in a hundred different ways and as to far as why it's meaningful to you. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would say if amazing Sp- ultimate Spider-Man was the first book that kind of jumped me into comics, the first book that I picked up that I kind of like, I read the entire run of and was completely obsessed with was uh, Garth Ennis's Punisher Max. And, and I picked it up. I forget what year it came out in, but I picked up the number one, and I had no idea what I was in store for. It was essentially he removed Punisher from the from the Marvel universe and basically put him in real world, real our, our world. And mm-hmm. he was he's an older Punisher. He's he's kind of grizzled. He was still uh, I think a a uh, a Vietnam vet at this point. And it was just a real raw, brutal, grounded comic. No holds barred. He curses. Everybody in it is completely vulgar. He takes on the mob. He takes on spies. He takes on police and terrorists. And it's just, it kind of, it really showed me that comics can be so much more than superpowers and superheroes and fantasy. And it really uh, pushed the Punisher and Frank Castle to the forefront of my mind. It's such a He's such a simple character, but yet he's so complex at the same time. Yeah, man. And how long's that run? Do you know off the top of your head? I think it was for fifty issues or so. Yeah. I mean, it was it was like a it was one of those things where it's a, it's it's an ongoing, but it's a complete series where it had a definitive ending. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is just uh, beautiful how he wrote this book and plotted it out and planned it all out as one as one storyline arc leads into the another into another Punisher yeah. Max. Let's see. Two thousand four series. At the end after sixty six? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Seventy five issues. Seventy five, wow. From March two thousand four to October two thousand nine. So that's it's that's a hell of a run. Isn't it? Yeah man. Yeah. Yeah, that's epic, and it's just it's it's amazing to see 
um, people take that on and be able to kind of tell a story over that much, you know, that many mm-hmm. issues. Um, just I absolutely love it when when that pays off and they're they're able to continue, of course. Yeah. And like they don't have to end it early <laughs> due yeah. to sales or whatever. And, um, and there's a bit, there's been a bunch of others that I've that I've really loved that are kind of like that in that they're mm-hmm. 50 issues, 75 issues, and they're one long story, but they they really wrapped it up in the from beginning to end where it serves a purpose and it's not like they're just telling stories to tell a story, you know? Yeah. I like uh, Deuce, uh Ex Machina. Uh, Brian Vaughn's book was another one of those. Uh, also, Why the Last Man was another one of his books that from beginning to end, it's a journey with a def- definitive beginning and a definitive end. And it's long running and it's just a wild ride. That's awesome, man. And then your your, your appreciation in terms of uh, the the meaningfulness of it is is the appreciation of of the the elongated storytelling. I, I would I would say the capabilities of the medium, you know, yeah. it, yeah. A lot of people think comic books. All right, I'm going to pick up this comic and I'm going to read the story, and and it's it's evolved so much since then, where it's really on par with narrative, long running storytelling on whether it's on Netflix or HBO or, or what have you. Yeah, man, definitely, that's awesome. Uh, now, uh, next question uh, that comes up is: uh, What is the most underrated comic that you've read? underrated so i never uh, one of the comics that i read that really stuck with me that i never hear people talk about is a book called halcyon and i think it was written by mark guggenheim correct i guess yeah that is that that's right yeah so um yeah when i read this i was completely absorbed into the story and i was looking forward to it coming out the next issue and it's essentially got a a Justice League type group or trope, and the the premise is that the entire world um, becomes becomes nonviolent, becomes pe- peaceful. People just don't have the inclination to be violent anymore. And when that uh, takes place, this Justice League type group becomes obsolete, and they have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. So just the way to see that story develop. And and the way the the characters kind of dealt with this situation, I was really engaged in it, and I loved it. And it's it rated on when I when I when I think of great books, I, that's one that comes to mind. But I never hear people talk about it. it kind of falls to the one of the backgrounds of one of those books that came out that was really good. That is um kind of never remembered as being awesome. Yeah, man. Because I I hadn't heard of it until until you mentioned it. And uh, no, yeah, that's that's definitely going on my reading list. And uh, that's a, it's a really intriguing premise to say that you know there's there's no more violence and there's kind of minimal crime, and mm-hmm. basically superheroes are obsolete. So what do they do now with their powers? Well, yeah, it's it's. I mean, I don't want to give away give away no. any spoilers or plot or anything, but there's there's a reason why this is happening. And yeah. and their reactions to to what they discover is completely different based on on their characters, you know. It's right. and and you can look at their analogs and kind of try to figure out how would Batman react to this, how would Superman react to this, how would Wonder Woman react to this, and and it's a, a great way. It's just great how it plays out. That's awesome, man. 
Nice. Uh, now we come on to the most difficult question, and that is for you. What is the best comic of all time? Best comic of all time. Um, I was. I really loved reading uh, Alan Moore's From Hell. I mean, I hate to talk about Alan Moore again because he we, we really <laughs> talked about the Swamp Thing, and he gets enough attention on his own. But uh, I picked up this book because I was kind of in an Alan Moore kick for a while. And yeah. I wanted to read all of his work. And I, I watched the, the Johnny Depp movie and it was not a fan of it. I didn't think it was that great. And I had no idea what I was getting into when I picked up the book. And it was, it's this massive thing. If you ever looked at the complete collection of, yeah. of From Hell, you can you could like really it's beat somebody. <laughs> you can beat somebody to death with it. It's like a, yeah. it's a deadly weapon. So I, was, I had some time. I was kind of on a, a job that I was doing where I wasn't doing much. I kind of just had to sit there. I'm like, all right, I got some time. Let me... Let me plow into this thing. And I was really amazed by the saga and the epic and the scope of it all. And it, it really reminded me of like The Sopranos. Because yeah. The Sopranos is is this huge overarching uh, event with all these different characters and all this drama. And that's who, kind of what it reminded me of. And it's and it's so easy to just say, oh, yeah, it's a book about Jack the Ripper. But it's not really about Jack the Ripper at all. Jack the Ripper is just kind of an event that takes place in the book. And it's just seeing how all these different characters uh, revolve around this event. And it's essentially a soap opera with murder and crime and conspiracy and insanity. And I was really, I was really impressed by the way that he told this humongous story, uh, very simple. Uh, through simplistic art and really captured it was never boring no matter how long it was no no yeah that's great and it's, it's great to see see from hell get get some some appreciation on that on that level of course you know watchman and uh even v for vendetta kind of come up um now and again on, on best comic of all time but from hell as well so it they, certainly should be added to that they list. just released the um they just did a, re, a remastered from hell in colored version they've been releasing ah, right okay. yeah and i when i first saw that i'm like i definitely want to pick this up and then i went to the comic shop and it's they didn't release the whole thing at once it was kind of in volumes and right. i was just like I, I do not want to buy 20 volumes of this thing so when they when they inevitably come out with the big gigantic doorstop of this yeah. entire book in color uh let me know i'm gonna definitely pick it up and dive back into it definitely. because it's been about a decade since i first read it 100%. I wonder how Alan Moore feels about that. <laughs> I mean, we can get, take a guess and say, no, <laughs> he, he doesn't like it. <laughs> Al, he's definitely an interesting character, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and uh, it's just, it's so funny that he's he's from this town called Northampton, which is this kind of real, and, you know, not to diss anybody living in Northampton. I've, I've lived in plenty plenty of similar towns, but it's just such an average town. You know, it's just, you know, so average. Uh, like, you know, I, I, I lived in a place called Basingstoke and that is so average of a town. But it's just so amazing that somebody so amazing comes out of such a town. Um, and uh, no, yeah, it's it's just it's so amazing. It's I guess it'd be kind of like, I don't know, trying to think of something similar in America. I guess like the, no, I get the, it. the I, most I, average I, town that I get is kind of Scranton from The Office. I guess it's like if Alan Moore came from Scranton or something. Well, you yeah. know what? I kind of understand it. It's when you think of uh, typical suburban America 
and you got the the kid in his basement that's dressed in all black that wears white makeup and he wants to he's into goth rock and he wants to he's rebellious he wants to be something completely different than the world around him so it's yeah it's beautiful isn't it no it's great it's great when that happens and then hopefully it kind of you know inspires other people within you know similar towns and all over the world as well to say look it doesn't really matter where you come from like you can do what you want to do and particularly in this day and age um you can the the world's your oyster because you got the world at your fingertips basically yeah if you want to if you want to rant against the comic industry like Alan Moore even though you've written some of the greatest books of all time go ahead anybody could anybody could do it incredible is that um right uh on to our last question in regards to comics uh, and that is if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse which would it be uh i mean you could either take your favorite book just so you could read it over and over again or you can read something new uh i've never really dived into manga and i've i don't know why i've just never gotten around to reading it even though i know some of the books are really really great and i would love to read the dragon ball saga the manga dragon ball simply because i was a big fan of the anime i love the anime and i would like to read the source material it came from and try manga at the same time and it's long so if i gotta (laughs) if i'm gonna be stuck inside not being able to go out because uh giant smog cloud has taken over the earth i might as well have new material for a while absolutely man that's awesome um so uh you, we can certainly give you uh, the complete collection of dragon ball uh but uh what weapon tool or useful item would you like to take into the apocalypse with you as well uh useful tool or item i guess that depends on the apocalypse right yeah <laughs> i guess if we have a uh a nuclear fallout i'm gonna want some sort of hazmat suit yeah man How's Matt? How's Matt it out? Or, or for an zombie apocalypse, how about some? Uh, how about a flamethrower? Flamethrower, <laughs> yeah, man. It just, it just looks awesome. I <laughs> guess like I, going up it depends. Yeah, you got to pick the tool for your scenario. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, how, how about we'll we'll give you the hazmat with a flamethrower, kind of connected inside to the suit, so Perfect. that it's technically one thing. I got the best <laughs> of both worlds. <laughs> Just in case the nuclear apocalypse turns into the zombie apocalypse, you're sorted. Yeah, there's some apocalypse crossover. Yeah, man, totally. That's great. Excellent. Well, uh, Frank Martin, so thank you so much for sharing your comics with the apocalypse today. It's been a real pleasure. No problem. Thank you for having me on. Excellent. And then uh, one more time for the listeners, where can they find you online? Um, uh, you can find me at Frank the Writer is my handle on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's also my website, frankthewriter.com. And I have a, a book on Kickstarter right now. I got about a little more than three weeks left. It's mo- called Modern Godhood. And we're just over 50% funded. So we're still grinding forward and we, we hope to get there by the finish line. 100% man uh, well everybody go check out uh, Frank's work by following those uh, links in the show notes um, and again Frank thank you so much for your time today thank you for having me on it's been fun absolute pleasure see you mate bye 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 thanks again to Frank for being on comics for the apocalypse today it was an absolute pleasure if you enjoyed the show please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use as not only will it let me know that you liked it but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well if you'd like to check out 
Frank's work or follow him on social media. Those links are in the show notes, along with all of our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene Magazine's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the indie comic hub, and lots of other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Take care, and bye for now. (laughs) 